Are you confused about being woke versus being sleep? Are you tired of hearing people divided into conservative and liberal camps? Maybe you're ready for something different. Are you tired of people yelling at you and telling you what to think, who to hate, and try to make good into evil and evil into good? You may be ready for something different. You're not alone. Many people are looking for some light in this present darkness. So are we. Welcome to the Get Used to Different podcast, a safe platform that exists to expand your mind, challenge your perspective, and encourage you to think outside the box. Warning. Possible side effects are an open mind, empathy, awareness of others, relationship with people that don't look like you, think like you, or vote like you. Please do not listen while operating heavy machinery, as this podcast might cause tears from laughing, crying, or self-conviction. Hello, everybody. We're back. It's Terry and Stephanie. This is Get Used to Different, a podcast If you um, about... Getting used to different, uh, yeah, to put it lightly, right? to put it lightly, right? Like we, we, um, we have a heart for people that don't think the same, look the same, vote the same, act the same to be able to have conversations. And therefore we thought what better way to have those conversations than having a podcast and kind of sharing what we have heard and learned in our lives. Um, and, um, cause we've had to through life experience we've had to get used to different, right? Right. We um, found that like when we put ourselves in those types of situations that challenged uh, who we were as people, it ended up making us better and more uh, well-rounded individuals. Yeah. A thousand percent. And I also know this, I know that we owe you guys an apology because we're, we're not very smart people. <laughs> we don't know what we doing. <laughs> we don't at all. So there were we, some complaints at our last podcast. Well, there were some te- technical difficulties. Right. We technical have a wonderful person that helps us with yes. our podcast. And he's very technically savvy, but it doesn't matter how wonderful he is. If we send him the wrong podcast, <laughs> um, you can't fix that. And right. that's what we did. That's so, exactly what uh, we did. And then I was at work. Um at a new job, and my wife texted me and said, Terry! Oh, and my I was God. Like, it's not the Oh, my one. God. So uh, we immediately had to call our friend, and um, we love you, Tyler. You're awesome, brother. Tyler um, is the best. Yes, he is. Um, and anyway, this this particular podcast is like an offer of atonement. Right. Uh, on behalf of our, our uh, mistake or our um, hiccup. accidental hiccup. Yeah. And, and, um, but we do want to expand on our, our, uh, church culture topic as yes. we had opened up that series on that podcast. Um, and some of you guys might've heard the first part of the last podcast before we pulled it out there. And so, yeah. uh, we did get some good feedback on that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, church culture, what is church culture? I'll say church culture is, uh, the personality, yeah. um, of the church corporately. Um, and it can vary from one church to the other, depending on, uh, the doctrine, the the denomination, the pastor, the, the leadership, culture, all of that, all of that, like you plays know, plays a part. Yeah, it plays a huge part, and in our heart for this is just um, discussing it and trying to get an understanding of the culture. It, we want to talk about is it good or bad? Right. I think the main thing for us is we want to discuss that space because. Whether we and we know it or not, church culture affects us all because there's a space that exists between the church and the world. And there's a space in there that either brings people into the church 
or spits people out of the church, right? And so it's about, it's that space that we're talking about that we want to have influence um, to give people an accurate perception of who God is. And sometimes that is in, a, in opposition of the church culture and sometimes what they have presented as God. It can be um, totally vastly uh, different. And, and I would say this because you said, you know, who would bring some bring them to church or spit them out. I, th- I think there's a third category, and that's so. the ones that won't even step in to begin with based on those people that have been spit right. out. So like people that don't even know what church culture is, they just, they're like, Hey, I'm not going in there because I heard from Ray Ray and Junebug how crazy those well, people are. Well, it's either, it's either, it's either bringing people in or it's repelling people. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, there's a space that exists and there's a current that's flowing. Uh, and based exactly. on that specific, that specific individual, it's either drawing you in or it's repelling Pushing you out. out. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the space that we're, we're trying to get into that fray right? and we're trying to address both sides of, right. of this of this uh, current that right. flows um, and the well, space that divides the world from the church. Which is, I mean, and why we're so passionate about this is because we were, well, first we, we didn't start off churched, um, especially you, more so. Well, what are you trying to say? Especially me. Kind of like why a, me? Why especially me? What is that supposed to mean? Uh, baby, I'm just saying you just you weren't really sure. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you're already getting upset when you talk like that. <laughs> Why am I the unchurched one? Right. <laughs> well, no, you would say that. I, I would say it, but okay. you can't yeah. say it. I, can, okay. <laughs> um, so I didn't know the rules, but um, but but then we get churched, we become church, and we really get involved in church, and then we get. I mean, it's like. Well, I think that you and I honestly could it, within that that fray or that current that space that we're talking about between the church and the world. We could have easily found ourselves repelled by the church. Right. Yeah. But it was God, like through the experience that you and I had, that he used that conflict within the church that ultimately brought us into a more, um, a greater understanding of who he is outside of what the church presented him to be. Outside of the church culture. The church culture. Yeah. Absolutely. thousand percent. So um, there's all types of variances as far as... um, how this current affects people. It just is definitely an individual-based experience. And, and that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah. So um, today we want to talk about knowing your audience, right? What? We're supposed to know our audience? Knowing your audience. And I know you know what I'm talking about because we've all been in those conversations with somebody that has just said something crazy. And you looking around the room like, does he know who he's talking to? Does she realize what she's saying right now? And you get that awkwardness in your stomach like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they just said that, right? Because some people do not have a good social gauge to know their audience and what is appropriate to say and what's appropriate not to say. Oh my gosh. Know your audience. Know your audience. And this affects, this is a a component of church culture, honestly, because, um, well, we'll we'll get into the, the, the different reasons as to... Um, how knowing your audience can be either a good thing or a bad thing within within a church structure or just in the mind of any Christian, actually, right? right? Yeah. Um, one example I wanted to bring up was um, knowing your audience was, um, oh, not too long ago, you and I, we had a wonderful um, afternoon lunch with our kids down at Cooper's Hawk and had a great time, and we were on the plaza, really oh in a gosh, nice area. I know where you're going. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, and we come after lunch, we, we walk outside with our kids, our grown children, right? We walk outside, and on the street corner, um, there is a bunch of people protesting, like with signs, right? Mm-hmm. And then standing on this, like, milk carton box, like those milk, 
the you know those boxes yeah, that, yeah, okay yeah, yeah. The little crates. Um, crates the yeah. crates yeah he's standing on one with a bullhorn and he's like yelling into it is Preaching. it a bullhorn it's a bullhorn a bullhorn yeah. Yeah. yelling into it um saying repent yeah. repent and turn from your sinful ways do you know that you are destined to hell if you have not accepted jesus christ as your savior hell is your imminent doom yeah. i mean he was talking crazy like that and then people had these signs um if you don't love god you hate god um uh i don't know all these i can't even remember like some of the 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 it, ma it made it, what it made us do is walk out of cooper's hawk directly down to the corner and it's, you had to make me leave because i i wanted so bad to go talk to this dude and ask him how effective do you think that is to these people down here that are just trying to enjoy their day their afternoon it was a great afternoon it was, it was a, a beautiful, beautiful day beautiful day yeah and, yeah and 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 i i and i and i said to you i probably in his heart I mean, maybe in his mind, he thinks he's doing. He right thinks thing. he's doing God's work, and, and, and many other people may think he's doing God's work as well, right? Right. So, who are we to say? Right. It's not. I just like to me. No, I already think that people in two thousand and twenty-three that have opportunities to listen to podcasts, to watch TV, to turn to whatever they want to and uh, learn about don't are not interested in a man with the bullhorn telling them that they suck. Well, and I think back because I think you were really fixated on him, but I was watching the people that yeah, were walking okay. by. Mm -hmm. And honestly, what I really observed is that people paid him absolutely no, no attention. attention. Yeah. Completely and totally ignored. Nobody gave a side word. I mean, we, we were really like engaged, like listening, because I think we were both in disbelief, like, are you, really Are you doing serious this right, right now? now? Yeah. But but the people maybe he's there on a regular basis. Maybe know. that's what they seem like. Yeah, it was just like we don't yeah. even see yeah. him. We don't know. There him. he is again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so I I really I I really do see that the platform that he used to try to push forward his faith was very ineffective. Well, I mean. From what we observed. From so, what we observed. So we're not trying to say. From what we observed. Maybe there was thousands of people that day that gave their life to Christ based on the bullhorn. I would be so curious to know. I saw not one person come up and ask. Now, and we stood there for five to ten minutes. Yeah. And, and not one person came up and asked. No, not one person inquired. Not, I mean, you know, even the people that had the signs that were, no one was coming up to no, them and asking. And, and here's my thing, like, knowing your audience, to me... I would go back down with the bullhorn again if I had, you know, three people that came and said, please, I don't want to. Or I, would, I would love to hear more about this. Whatever. About yeah. this imminent doom and right. this fire and brimstone. Right. I would love to hear more right. about this. And, you know, I don't, I mean, because we have stated before on our previous podcast, I was, the, I was saved by the Turner burn. Like I was scared into my faith. And then learned who God really was, right? right? Like, right. so I'm not saying, I, I hope. You're not saying that it can't work. That if this man hears our podcast, he's not like, well, I hate, you know, y'all are the, the non-Christians because I was out there trying to do God's work. I don't, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying like, um, not, I don't want to say like more bees with honey than you do with yeah. vinegar. Yeah. Like, I, I think, I think of the chosen. I think when you watch The Chosen and you see Jesus, the, the, the show that they've made, mm -hmm. and you see Jesus as, a, Jesus as a real man yeah. that has a sense of humor that people are attracted to, I think 
I think I I feel like that is a great depiction of who Jesus was because people followed him. He was attractive. And it wasn't because he was looking down his nose at them. Matter of fact, the people that were the uppity schnuppity, he didn't have nothing to do. I mean, he really Those were the ones they that were, seemed to irritate him the him. most. Yeah. It was the people that didn't have, and the I mean, people yeah, that were that's marginalized. It really is something. Those are one of those implicit truths that we find when we read some of the stories in the Gospels, like about Jesus's ministry and how he's, you know, followed by thousands of people, right. thousands of people. It's so there, there has to be something charismatic. There has to be something. Uh, there's a draw. There's a draw. There's got to be a draw, right? There's got to be something about him that makes people want to listen. And, it, and so I. And what we saw, there was not one no. individual. They that was crowded around and was trying to listen to that. And, and we stood there for a minute. I almost wanted to start asking questions. I, I know you did. I, I had to drag you out of there. Oh, my gosh. Beauty, I think sometimes that would, I mean, maybe I could gain a relationship with that person and say, hey, let's let's talk. Let's, let's see if we can find more effective ways, you know. To reach people. To reach people. Well, so in light of that, like seeing, like he literally created himself a platform. I mean, he was standing on a crate, mm -hmm. right? Right. He created a platform. And so right. it, it makes me think of like our experience in America, like the church experience where there is a pastor that usually preaches from a podium or mm. on a stage yeah. or so I get like his crate. He's standing up. He's elevated himself above everybody else so that he can preach down to you. Right. And mm. so um, I, I think about that in the American church because I don't think that that is consistent with all churches worldview. Right? I don't think so. No. I think that there are many churches that meet in, in various different ways. And I'm not here to say that one of them is right and one of them is wrong. Okay. Yeah. But I, I have personally seen people also create platforms or utilize their church platforms from their pulpits to preach the same type of um, rhetoric, can I say? Uh, perhaps from from the pulpit that that may be equally as offensive to certain people groups, right? Uh, why would you say that? I I don't think that ever happens. Well, and I think that this goes into our topic because we're talking about knowing our audience, right? Mm -hmm. So from the pulpit, is the American church successfully using their voice, right? Why? Why the sigh? Why I'm the sorry. deep sigh? Did I, you, it, I, I hope maybe the mic didn't <laughs> pick I, that up. Am I? Am I? What? What's wrong? I, babe, I I don't know, I don't know. I, I feel like, I, I'm, I don't, I don't think, personally, from my experience, of being behind the curtain. When you say behind the curtain, you're like behind the, the, the so, church leadership, so like the staff in and the back what we room. talk about. And, yeah, yeah. You know, um, you're probably going to kill me for even telling the story, but I'm going to say it anyway because oh, it's my podcast. my God. We just talked to a, a, a young lady that uh, a church was supporting and they refused to support her um, because she didn't have um, enough. She didn't meet the salvation she quota. Didn't, she didn't meet the salvation quota. Yeah, so you're you're bringing up a story of a friend of ours that um, was defunded by the church that she was um, a part of because a ministry that she was um, supporting and leading in was defunded because she didn't meet her salvation quota. Correct, a thousand percent. And and to 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 me, here's here's uh, church, especially if you're a big church, you got a lot of money, you can do whatever you want to, you can't. Does that make it godly? 
Right. Does that make it effective? And who determines salvation? How do you how do you mark that on a checklist? How do you <laughs> do you say, oh, because they they claim they they accepted Christ, they got baptized, and now they're in Check our mark. system. On we go. They're part of our like you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, kind of kind of takes away the spirituality of the whole thing doesn't it it's i don't understand but 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 let us not get too far off topic because okay, we're talking okay. about the platform okay. right okay, the well, voice of the church let's talk corporately preaching from the pulpit uh, okay okay so conglomerately the one that is preaching from the pulpit speaks the loudest on behalf of the church as an entity right correct even though the one that's speaking from the pulpit does not embody fully every perspective of the people that worship in that that facility or that structure, but yet their voice is the one that represents a, it can be a mega group of people right. or it can be a small group, group of, of 25 t- or 30. Right. right? Correct. Um, and usually what happens is the people that sit in that particular gathering, that ecclesi- that body of believers, that right. church, ecclesia, right. Um, they, they typically agree with what's being stated from the pulpit. And what happens when they don't? And when they don't, it's met with, well, we appreciate, but this is, I mean, you're welcome here, but this is how you must conform when you come to this church. Or, or the people that disagree leave. Well, that's simple. Yeah. Right. The people that disagree, they leave. Yeah. Which is, it's interesting when you think about it, right? Because, um, when people, uh, belong to a body of believers corporately and um, there's something that's being stated or that's being uh, perpetuated from the the pulpit um, they leave because they're offended Mm -hmm. and and so I um, I don't know necessarily how I feel about that because I I feel both I there's there's two sides to to that yeah there's two sides to being offended in the church body right? right because I know that it is not humanly possible for me to know everything to be learned out of God's word. Right. Amen. Yeah. I always have something to learn. And I find that the biggest transformations in my life has been through me being offended by something that I've read in God's word. Right. Those are my biggest moments of, of growth. Wait, what in not my God. Right. That can't be you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it says something about a person that would get up and walk away, um, from, um, a church body because there was something that was said from the pulpit, um, that maybe they didn't agree with. But on the flip side of that though, I have heard many sermons that perpetuate hate. Mm. Wait, there's, wait, you've heard sermons that have perpetuated hate. What do you mean by that? Um, well, I can think of specifically a sermon that I watched not not too long ago that um, isolated a people group um, and rallied rallied their church members to protest and boycott this people group. Like I, a like a popular church. Oh yeah, it was a mega church. It was a mega church here in in the metro area. Yeah, it was a mega church, um, and. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I am at a crossroads in, <laughs> in I I I realize I realize that there is sin. Okay? I right. I understand. 
here, here's the my stumbling block as far as Christians are concerned. And I know that we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about Christians to, Christians. to, to unbelievers. Oh, to unbelievers. Okay, yeah. More so. Mm-hmm. I, I stumble over this simple truth of our whole system of faith is designed around someone who came and died for the sins of humanity. Why? Because the sins of humanity separated them from a relationship with God, right? Correct. So my question to you, Terry, is was the death of Christ sufficient to deal with the sins of humanity? Depends on what church you go to. No, I'm asking you, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. Seriously. (laughs) I know you're right. If you believe in the word of God, in the Bible. Absolutely, positively, you don't 1, even have to believe in the Bible, right? Right. If you believe that Christ came, Christ died, Christ was resurrected, and Christ lives, that is the belief that saves you from the penalty of your sins. Correct. Mm, mm, yes. So I struggle and I stumble over why Christians feel like it's necessary to point out the sins, especially in unbelievers or in people that don't have a relationship or aren't convicted of sin. If Christ died so that we don't have to worry about sin, then why are we worried about sin? If God doesn't see the sin, then why are we perpetuating the sin? Well, like because what? we have to point them to Jesus and to, we have to point out their sins in order for them to know that they're sinners, because if they don't know that they're sinners, why are they going to know that they need Jesus? But repentance does not bring salvation. Wait, that's not fair. Wait, no. Re- <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> repentance is not what gets people saved. I understand that. Belief I, I'm, I'm, is what gets people saved, correct? Right, correct. Repentance yeah. comes after, after belief. Right. And once you realize who Christ is and what he did, then the repentance comes, right? Right. And how am I supposed to gauge someone's level of repentance or... Based on uh, what I see. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Uh, um, there's this thing and it's this big term that Christians use all the time it's called sanctification but all that is is the process in you becoming to, more become Christ-like more Christ-like you're, you're understanding what's about you understand the, the beauty of it and that he's not this horrible strike you with lightning type of, and it makes you want to do less of the things that are not God-like because you're like why would I do that God love me enough to you know but but we want to designate, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. We don't even have a, have a conversation about it. Anytime I bring attention to someone else's something, it means that I got to focus less on mine. Ah, that's good. If I can, if I can say, oh, you see what they're doing? If I, if I can do that, all, if I do that enough, I don't have to focus on how how many um how much gluttony has been in my day, mm-hmm. my Twinkie, my my burger, my which people you know they they we don't ever talk about that kind of stuff because you know that's right. a that's a sin that we partake. The lack in. of self control. The gossiping that we do every day. The, the line that the we violence. do. We, like we're just gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the big ones that the church is on right well, now. Well, I love that you said that because it makes me think of when when Jesus said, "Be very very mindful." Of how you judge others. Because that is the same measurement of judgment that my Father in Heaven will use against you. So when we use our platform to push down on other people groups, 
that is the same level of judgment that will be used against us. And that scares me. That makes me want to be very gracious, but, very merciful uh, with people. But, you know, I think this is what happens. I think we get in these circles, right, where everybody thinks like us. And we think that we're not being judgmental. We call it loving them. It, I, it's me loving them because if I don't tell them how terrible they are, they could be damned to hell forever. Mm. And it, here's the thing. That is a perspective. That is, a, it is it, a perspective. It's a great perspective. It, um, it's a great perspective, but it's not the perspective <laughs> that we should have. Oh my gosh. I, we got to stop for a second. What? Wait, was Wait there, no, what was it? A spider? There was literally some type of uh, critter bug on my show. On my, I mean, we're trying to have a podcast, and I, I guys, I could not not stop. That ain't nothing but would, the devil. <laughs> I ain't trying to throw us off our tag. If I would not have said something, and she Wait, wouldn't was it realize big? it, was it big? No, it was just. I think it was just like a little. I don't know that or something, but it was big enough for me to see it. Anyway, oh okay. Oh my gosh. Where <laughs> it's probably made a nest in my hair by it's, now. No, baby, it was, okay. it's not that kind of party. Okay. Oh my gosh! All right. Anyway, so, what were you saying? I have no idea. What, okay, where, well, back to let's get back on topic. Um, we were talking about talking about people bad, like we we get in groups. Uh, babe, it is gone. I promise. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'll let you know if it comes back. Okay, thank you. And very then much. We'll, we'll we'll start all over okay, because thank you there'd very be much. no way you could focus. <laughs> uh, but um, um, I I think we get in groups where we start talking and drinking each other's Kool Aid, where we say um, you know, we do this because we love these people, and and I think in some some ways we do believe that, but we get so caught up in how the difference between them and us, right. Instead of realizing that there's no them in us. Uh, there's only us. There's only us. And I, I think that also like to, to, to make a statement or a claim like that, like I am loving them by telling them how they're failing or how they don't meet the mark mm. or how God is not pleased with them. Mm. If, if that is how you view love, I think that it, it is fair for you to ask the person. Mm. Does the person feel loved? In those moments when you are, yeah. you know, condemning them or, or whatever. Come on, that's getting used to different. It right is, there. Yeah. it is. And so, if the person um, is not receiving it in the spirit of love, then I do not think that that is us being aware of our audience. Yeah. We're not being mindful of how the ones that we are speaking to are receiving what it is that we're saying, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, as far as knowing your audience, we talked about the the platform that pastors use. We talked about the man at the plaza. We talked about you know, many pastors that utilize their platform to push down mm -hmm. on people groups, mm -hmm. which I find to be disgusting. Just really, it grieves my soul. Yeah, mine too. Because if I were that people group that they had isolated yeah. and see, that's how marginalization happens, right? You get this big conglomerate group of people, yeah. right? That believes a certain way. And so those that fall outside of that belief system become ousted by society. Mm -hmm. And that's what creates mar marginalization, yeah. right? Um, there's just a lot of dangers when you get massive groups of people pointing their finger. I believe, I believe as a society, when the church, when the church, when we see the church pursuing or pointing or coming after a people group, it should be a red flag for Christians. A thousand percent. It should be a red flag for Christians because um, there have been many movements throughout history, right, that we could discuss where we have seen the church be the perpetuator of violence and aggression and oppression yeah. in order to 
push forward promote the agenda, Christ. promote Christ. Yeah. Which is not. Which would speak to the very opposite. Right. What does James say? He says, James, James says, James, the brother of Jesus, talks about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to live a life of faith, and that's to care for the widows and the orphans. Yeah. To take care of the poor and right. the impoverished. Yeah. Right? It's not to chase after people groups. I mean, what we need to redefine what it what, means what to it be a Christian. Yeah, yeah. But what about from Christian to Christian? Knowing your audience, right? Like, oh, babe, can I tell you? Because Christians is, move at various different levels, is, right? You got all different kinds. It's a, it's a huge struggle for me. It's a huge struggle for me. And it's probably a huge struggle for people that know me, too, because I I personally don't... Um, I, I think that Christians think that other Christians think just like they do. Just because they're Christians. Just because they're Christians. Right. You're supposed to think like me. You're supposed to be very conservative, or you're supposed to be very... Uh, um, um, What's a de deconstructed deconstructed, deconstructed yeah. or whatever yeah. whoever you're talking to, they be feel woke, like don't be, be woke. Right, right. Whatever cancel that, culture, no, no cancel, cancel culture. culture. Yeah. I mean they, they and, and to me, anytime you focus on either though, I'm, I'm I literally have a guy that I love today that said to me, he just he literally spoke to me on that. He was like, you know, these woke people. And he assumed that I felt like woke was wrong. Mm. And, and I gotta tell you, my definition of woke. Is the opposite of being asleep on a subject. Mm, come on. Now, it might have been hijacked and somebody could have... But my understanding of woke is like, listen, I did not know. I was sleeping on that information. Yeah. I didn't realize that information. Right. Now, I've got that information. Guess what that means? What did Jesus say? For that, for those that have ears to hear and eyes to see. He didn't say for those that are asleep with their ears right. closed and not paying no attention. He, I mean, why would you say that woke is a bad... To me. Now... You can give me your definition, and I will listen to your definition, and I'll be perfectly fine with your definition. I'm not saying I'll be perfectly fine with it, but I'll give it an opportunity. But you can't automatically talk to me and assume that you feel like I'm cool with what with you're that, saying. That. And yeah. this particular dude, I love him. I feel like if he heard me saying this right now, he'd be like, my bad, Terry. You know I didn't mean that. Cool. But that's my point. Christian to Christian. Right. You think, I think, just like you do. I got. I gotta just say, okay, the lights are flickering in our room right now, and there was just a, a bug. bug there was a bug, a demon bug Somebody on my shoulder. Like this pocket. <laughs> there was a demon bug on my shoulder, <laughs> and now the lights are flickering in the room. I'm gonna talk about all types of uh, crazy craziness yeah. Yeah, going yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. Anything to keep us from having this conversation. This conversation, right? But we gonna keep going. Gonna the, keep the, going the rains came down, the floods came, came up. <laughs> okay. Um, so you said like I like how you said that because you assume that from one Christian to another Christian we all view things the same. Yeah, kumbaya, and, right. yeah I just read this. Um, I'm reading this book um, by one of my favorite authors, Scott McKnight, and he made this great observation about uh, the Jewish culture because Christianity is the involvement of Judaism, right? Mm. I mean, it came from a small Jewish Jewish sect of believers, right? right? right. Believers in Christ. Right. And so it's it's a highly Jewish heritage yeah. within Christianity, mm. right? Um, of course it had a, a Gentile direction, right. right? I mean it was it was brought through the Jews to the Gentiles for the world, right? But um, he said something in this book about how um, to become for many Jewish people, Jewish conversions to Christianity, often um, made Jewish people feel like they were betraying their heritage because to be fully Jew is not to be Christian. Oh. 
right? right? And and so like as as an American Christian, mm. I would never know this about a Jewish believer. Wow. And their journey like to becoming a Messianic Jew or a believer in Christ, right? And um I just I just I thought that was very interesting in light of Christian to Christian because for me to have a conversation with a Jewish convert to Christianity I would say something to them that would be assuming they viewed the, the Christian worldview the, the same way as same I did. The exact same way that you did, yeah. And so that's a that's a great point that you bring up about your, your client because um, he speaks to you in a sense that he thinks that you see the world the same way that he does. Well, I would say this. I I, I keep saying westernized Christianity, but it, that's what it is. Well, well true. All of us. I'm, I'm talking about, and, and listen, I'm not talking about a white church or a black church or I'm talking about West, like the whole reality. We should stop for a second and realize where our faith came from. It wasn't America. Come on. It was some brown people, some brown people with a totally different culture. Right. And we look at people and we say, you got to be like us in order to be Christian. Yeah. Bull butter. Yeah. We got to catch up. We got to see what the culture was over there. We got to understand what it meant and how, I mean, if anything, we should be like, how can we be more like that? I right. mean, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and I think that we get a broader view or a better understanding of the character of God when we're able to embrace different cultures as we read uh, the Bible corporately. Per, a thousand percent. We read My the Bible within is like community, I, I right? Feel like, right. Oh. It has to be. It has to be in community, right? It's all about His creation, right? And that encompasses all. Of that means us. there's a place for everyone. Every perspective, Come every on. story Come fits, on. right? And if we try to exclude those stories or ex exclude that culture, ex are we doing what God would have us to do? Right. That's very self-centered, in my opinion. Entitled. And, yeah. Ah, oh, our. Yeah. And you know, don't don't get me wrong because I I really I I am aware that I am entitled in many Oh my gosh. paradigms that I live my life by, Especially right? Like in the this way house, I view the... I mean like my gosh, you are very Oh, I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? No. I'm No. Are you I'm, kidding I'm, me? I'm just sucker. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Yeah, I'm just I know teasing. you just teasing. Yeah. I might be though, but yeah. I don't think so. No, I think no. if anybody's entitled, yeah. It's not me. It's our kids. No, it's you. Oh. oh. Anyway, my point is, is that I realize that there are areas in which I see the world through maybe a more privileged mindset, right? So yeah. I, I'm not trying to like throw a bunch of shade on people um, that live maybe in an unawareness. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I think that it's important that we, we, we place ourselves in a position to be willing to learn. And I think that when you open yourself up to being able to learn that's when you'll see I'm not viewing this the right way or there's another way to view this or there's more to this than what I right. thought. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, and so I, I don't want to like hate on people. Right. But at the same time, if you are the type of person that in a conversation always has to be right, you cannot be wrong, and, and you will not embrace any other perspectives, any other viewpoints, you are the person that I may be talking to that might want to get a little bit more self-aware and be willing to get used to different. Right. Um, so we talked about we talked about knowing knowing your audience as far as church church culture is concerned corporately, from the pulpit, from yeah. our platforms, from Christian to Christian. Yeah. Assuming that yeah. just because someone says they're a Christian, they view biblical truths, everything, truth, like everything. You, everything, yeah. you know, yeah. you're a Democrat. Oh, you can't be a Christian. You're right. a Democrat. 
You're a Republican? Oh, or you gosh. can't be a Christian. Right. Okay. Right, was right. Jesus a Republican or a Democrat? Uh, oh, no, he was neither. Oh, he wasn't? But if he was, if he was in America, he would have been. <laughs> Watch yourself. You about to get yourself in trouble. What about Christians to unbelievers, Terry? Are we inviting or are we repelling conglomerately as a church? You know, I think about that. I think about what Paul said. I love that. That um, what's was that? I think that's in First Corinthians when Paul is talking about becoming all things to all people. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's First Corinthians, but I think it might be Romans. But that is not Romans. Way. Is it Romans? Uh, 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 all things to all people. All things to all people. Um, I want to look it up. Okay. I become all things. Is First Corinthians nine? That's what I said. I think it's no, First Corinthians. It's Romans, sucker. Yeah. But I, I love it because Paul is basically like to to slaves. I become slaves, right. which would have been unheard of. Right. Well, but in his time, in his era, slavery was a commonality, right? It was mm-hmm. a it was a uh, economic structure yeah, in Rome, it would have been, right? But, but but for him to say that to say in that, his position, absolutely right, would have been right. Right. Yeah. But like he's speaking to like we would draw different parallels. We would say in our culture, um, I become all things to all people. I'm in a group of um, transgender people. I become trans. I become like them. Mm. I sacrifice myself so that some may receive Christ, right? Yeah. And he, like how and far is it, does that go? Paul said, I, I love that. Because I think people hear that. Like my legalistic self back in the day would have heard that and say, oh, I'm supposed to become transgender so that I can reach. That is not what the Bible is saying. No, it's not what he's, that's not what he's saying at all. But what he's saying is I'm going to make a friend. I'm going to love them. I'm not going to treat them like the, the dirt underneath my shoes. And I'm not going to turn my nose up or reject everything they say. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut up and I'm going to listen and I'm going to hear their story, right. hear their heart, get to know them, and then I can speak on them. Right. You know, it's it, I, we say it all the time, but it's like, you know, people saying, well, I don't have a problem with this race. I don't have a problem with this type of person. How, how have you had lunch with them lately? Right. Oh, well, I had lunch with one, one time. One time. Long time. No, I'm talking about, do you do life with them? Cause when you do a life with someone and you get to know them, now, now you start protecting them because you, you, you can say that about all the other people, but you can't say that about my friend. That happens to be X Y Z transgender, right. black, Hispanic, white, That's right. and whatever. You know? I think the best example of that of what Paul is talking about becoming all things to all people is um, this, is, oh. this is an old movie, but Dances with Wolves mm-hmm. with Kevin Costner. Oh, okay. Dances with Wolves, one okay. of my favorite movies mm-hmm. um, about um, oh, yeah, yeah. you know a, a, a soldier that. Um, basically uh is set out on the frontier right and he basically ends up becoming uh friends with a certain native american tribe Mm -hmm. and not only just friends but they embrace him as one of their brothers and it it it's amazing how as you watch the movie it's a really long movie it's really really good if you guys haven't seen it i recommend it um uh when some of his soldiers come up on the the tribe or or you know the the camp of, of this particular tribe of Native Americans, he is amongst this tribe and he looks like a Native American to the point where they're like, wait a minute, that's a white guy. Mm-hmm. What? Because he, he's behaving yeah. and he's acting yeah. and he's he's fighting for the same things that this tribe of Indians is fighting for, for, Native yeah. Americans. And so I, I find that to be so um, 
it fully embodies, I think, what Paul is talking about. Because when you spend enough time with a person, and this is kind of what you said. Yeah. I mean, like you spend so much time that the things that they they hate, you begin to understand. The things that hurt them, they start hurting you too. Yeah. You know, the things that are dear to them culturally, they become, become dear, dear to, to you, you too. And yeah. suddenly you look up and it's not that you are them, but you are so connected with them yeah. that you, you cry when they cry or you laugh when yeah. they laugh. Yeah. You know, you're like a part of their family. Yeah. And, and I really think that that's what Paul is talking about. <clears throat> what discipleship looks like is becoming all things so to all people, people. Yeah. so that some, because yeah. you're not going to get everybody. Right. But Paul says, so that some may receive Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the church doesn't get that. It doesn't get that. I, I mean, I think in, in in a whole, I don't think the church gets that. I think I think there's this heart in the church that really wants to, um, that really wants to reach the world. But I think that I believe the church really wants to reach the people to make the people the cookie cutter church that they are. The, to to, to, uh, to colonize, to, right? To, to colonize. Or Should to, I say that? Well, I mean... I mean, seriously, like if you don't think like us, look like us, vote like us, you cannot be. That is the spirit a of a, that's, that's colonization. I mean, and so I, I think the church misses it a thousand percent. It's interesting to me because now I'm in um, the corporate world, which I haven't been for 15 plus years or something like that. And uh, I'm, I'm my op, I have wonderful people that I work with and, and um, you know, um, it's 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 so interesting to see the differences between um, like a church culture, which I'm used to being in all the time, and then a, a, a work culture. Work, oh yeah, because corporate and, you culture. Know, you know you know what you know what's difference between the corporate corporate culture and the church culture? I'm curious. Nothing. What? There, there. Except, except that I feel like. It, I'm just telling you my my personal. No, opinion. I get you. I feel like the corporate world is more accepting of every individual that comes in there. Now, there's you know there's gossiping and there's you know that, but I I see hearts where people are trying to they're hoping that so and so survives or does better. They're hoping that we we can help this and we can do that. I I see that, like in 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 all different walks yeah. of life. I see that there more than I've seen in the behind the veil. Wow. Because in in behind the veil, it's like if you are not like in if you don't think like it and when you say is, behind the veil. Well no, I just mean like in in the church. In church like behind um, the scenes in yeah, the church. Behind yeah. The scenes. yeah, that's what I okay. like I see I, I've seen behind the veil where it well, we need to do this and that's unacceptable. And then they get out front but in front of the people we're all loving. We're all, in, oh, good morning. How are you doing? I just heard you say, hey, if they don't change, such and such, blah, blah. I, I just, it's totally different to me. And I, I feel like that in and of itself is hypocrisy. Hmm. I feel like if we if we can't say it in front of the veil. Don't try to say it we behind. Sh we shouldn't say it behind the veil. Because what's behind the veil is the heartbeat, right? That's what's the real heart of it. Right. And, and, you know, in, in corporate world, there's a lot of meetings that happen with the VPs and the executives that you're not going to, they're, they're not going to come out until, you know, the general pop, this is what we're doing as a company because they, they can't. I mean, there's things they're working on if they put it out there, then it might be, you know, I, I, I get that. But I just, I don't know. 
to me, the heart has to be different. I agree. I can really relate with that because um, it makes me think about, because you're in corporate America. Mm -hmm. I'm a hairdresser, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's definitely not a corporate experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I remember um, going through some of our hardest times at church, like Mm -hmm. when you were pastoring Mm -hmm. um, full-time, you were co-pastoring, and some really, really dark, dark times where we felt very rejected, mm. very judged, very persecuted. Yeah. Um, and I remember going to work, um, which is a non-Christian environment, right? Right. And feeling safe yeah. and loved. Yeah. And I mean by my coworkers and by yeah. my clients. Yeah. And my clients, I would say this, accepted me for who I am. And not only did they accept me, but they loved me. Mm. And they valued me as a person. They valued my voice. And mm. I knew... I knew that when I was there, yeah. but yet when I returned to the church world, I felt afraid, yeah. worried about anxious, yeah. you know? And so, um, there's something to be said to that. There's something percent. to be said to that. And I don't know what the fix is or what the problem is necessarily, but I know that fear is not a full representation of the body of Christ, right? A thousand percent. Anxiousness, so anxiety. Let me, let me speak to my legalist friends because I'm I'm, I'm trying to, like I, a lot of times I unpack these things, like what would I be thinking if, if I was someone yes, that was very... Yes, that's good, that's good. Because it's like, you know, well, we have to be different. We wouldn't want to, we don't, we, we know those people don't understand the word of God. And so when we are in front of them and when we are talking to them, we're not going to be you know, the same thing we are behind the curtain. But I mean, it's, it's, it's like, if your heart is that way, it's a heart state to me. For sure. It is not, you know, if your heart really feels that way about someone, then to me, you spend more time with that person because you really want that person to understand who Christ is and not, not the rules, but who Christ is. You want to get them to Christ. Right. It's and 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 so like so legalistically I would think you know well I you know I'm I can't how how do I address someone that is a sinner and let them get Jesus if I don't tell them about their sin I mean how do I do that well I I think there's there's no rule that you have to approach like I think about Jesus, how many times did Jesus approach someone about their sin? Well, I mean, I know that there are some times that he called people out for their sin, but I I don't think that that was his overall uh, method that he utilized, especially with um, uh, unreligious people, right? Like, I think I think when Jesus was calling people out, I don't think it was. I think people. You think were, it was the religious people more so? I think so. it was the religious people. Like I can tell you, people always bring up the um, the they, adulterous the woman. Adulterous I knew you were going to say bring her. all the time. I also think about the man um, that he healed his hand. Mm-hmm. Or was he blind? Anyway, I know that Jesus told him at one point, "You need to stop sinning, or something worse is going to happen to you." And just like the woman caught in the act of adultery, he said, "You know, go and sin no more." So right. I know that he... But look what he did. First. Look what he did. First he restored. He, 
the first thing he did was not approach him with their sin. And he didn't even go get the girl that was adulterous, which by the they, way, he was brought, they were, they brought him, they, they brought, brought her, her to him, right? Not the dude that was in adultery with her, but the woman. So there were some people missing in that equation, but Jesus didn't even call out her sin. Right. He literally said, go and sin no more. They called out her sin. Right. Which... And, and he called out them that brought her. Right. He called, wait, he called out the people that were pointing out the sin that were pointing out the sin. Ooh, I'm ish. just saying. So, yeah, I, I, I think, and I think it's like the question was initially was like, what about the church to the world? I think the church needs to do a lot more loving and a lot less judging. I think if they did a lot more loving and a lot less judging, um, you know, I, I can't save anybody. I can't. If you if I find out, if I see that you're sinning left and right, up and down, or whatever, whatever sin, you know, however you look at that, if I see that, I, I can't save you. Yeah. I can love you. Right. And if I love you, potentially, I can love you in a way that you're like, what is different about that dude? And I'm going to tell you what's different about me. Right. It's the Savior, the one that can save you. So if I do a lot less judging and a lot more loving, there's true change. Right. But I, I, I mean, I'm I, beauty. We watch different services all the time because we don't want to just watch a certain kind. We want to. And I sometimes I just can't. I almost can't make it through. Right. Because it just is not it. I don't even see the love in the message. I see the judgment in the message. Yeah. I see calling out a different, uh, 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 you know, boycotting a baseball game or something like that. You know, yeah. like. What? I didn't want to cut you off, but for all of our listeners, um, if you guys want to go back and read in uh, John chapter eight about the adulterous woman, it's a great story, mm-hmm. and it kind of signifies what Terry's talking about how. Um, you know, a lot of times when the church points their finger at a people group and says wrong, sinful, unclean, mm. lack of purity, mm. this people group, no, mm. no, no, is the very people group that Jesus is the one spending time with, right? That's where and, you'll find them. That's where you'll find them with that people group. Yeah. The, the rejects. One, the ones that we reject. Right. And so I should say we, you know, and then there's people, I mean, I, yeah. Paul, Paul says some things too that, that lead us i think to the character of god and one of the things he says is is the kindness of god that leads us to repentance so it's god's kindness that draws us in to repentance so that's something to consider what do we define as kindness and 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 paul also says is that while we were yet sinners christ died for us so you know we all come to the cross the foot of the cross as sinners we all come as sinners and so when we arrive at the foot of the cross, uh, it is there that we find redemption. And then the process of sanctification begins, right? right? That's when the sanctification process, what you mentioned earlier, when he begins to change us yeah. inwardly on his time scale, right? Right. Not on people's time scales, right. but on, on the time scale that he sees sufficient right. for you as a person. So if you're God, you can tell them when they need to be where they need to be at in their sin. Exactly. Their and so as God. other believers, it's not our place or our duty to judge somebody else's process of sanctification. Come on, Steph. Right? And so what we need to do is we need to be supportive and we need to be loving and we need to be encouraging along the journey, especially from Christian to Christian. 
Um, but from Christian to unbelievers, that's a whole nother ballpark. I think that should be the mildest, most loving place you could ever be. I I think if 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 someone that is not Christian feels you pressing on them, you're doing something wrong. Right. I feel like that. Now, there's a lot of people that don't. No, this there's is a, a lot conversation about see, how but, our experience and how right. we view it, and and we would love to hear some of your viewpoints on this topic because, um, like we said, Christianity is a world view. Mm, not an American. Not an American view. When when God appeared to Abraham, He said, "I will make you a blessing to all, all nations." nations. So all nations is conglomerate of the whole world. So we realize that we are not representative of all viewpoints and all opinions, right? right? This is our experience. But here's the thing. This is what makes this podcast valuable is because our experience adds something to the full truth. The full truth. We are a part of the big picture, Come on. right? And so when we add that detail of our experience, our stories, it gives a fuller picture to maybe some of you listeners yeah. of what it means to have a Christ-like worldview and who God truly is. What is the character of God? Mm. And I, I want to encourage a lot of you, like, it's not always found. I, I, I It's not always found in the narratives of the church. Mm. And if you have had a hurtful experience in the church, I do not want you to discredit God as a whole. I want you to be mature enough. I want you to be mature enough to rationalize the fact that people are human and they make mistakes and they do things wrong and they get they're zealous and and they they i believe they believe in their hearts that what they're doing is is right yeah most of the time most of the time most of the time so hey so what are we what's coming up let's tell, tell our people what's coming what's up coming up we got it. some great conversations coming up and we keep talking about this but we got some guests that are going to be on our show and we're going to still be talking about we're going to be expanding on our topic of church culture and we're going to get into some some deeper waters as far as y'all gonna get some dirt on our family you're gonna hear some 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 truth and i don't say dirt but like you're gonna hear the hearts of uh, our children that we've raised and they've seen us be a hot mess and yeah. you know what's happened to them based on well, their adults now, our legalism yeah. based on our, our church our church involvement and and how it's affected them individually yeah um and some good and some bad yeah. and i think it's it's important probably be some we, tears on that one i'm just telling I hope you right not. now it'll I, probably be you i'll be crying i, I don't know <laughs> them y'all all my girls will be like well dad stop it you know uh, <laughs> get it uh, together but I, I, I hope my brother and we're gonna have my brother and my son yeah, we got so, some people coming yeah, up. So we're excited. Are, we can't yeah. wait to keep talking with you guys. Like I said, if you have any feedback, uh, what chat it out on Facebook. Yeah, um, yeah, please. You know, get on our page. It's uh, um, Terry and Stephanie Shane um, and uh, on Facebook. And let us know what you're thinking. We really want to hear from you. And guys, if you want to do anything for us, if you want to do anything for us, we literally, what we need from you is to take this podcast. If you like it, like it if you feel like it's effective and send it to as many people as you can send it to that's our goal we our goal is not to be famous our goal is to be effective mm -hmm. and, and and effective in 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 loving on people and getting used to different like teaching people how to get used to different and see how that works and see what a blessing that is so if you want to bless us that's the best way you can do it. You can send our podcast to a hundred people that you think would listen to it because we we would really love 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 to be effective that's our goal we love you guys and we will see you or hear from you we'll or hear you. talk to you <laughs> next <laughs> whatever that is bye bye